Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're in Kampala, Uganda, and we're talking to Nathan Ziwa about his vision for No Place Left, Uganda. I got saved in 2000. Along the route, I was in Tradition Church. In 2014, I got one of the members whom I called like my first mentor was called Sama Sinai. So he was working with E3. He introduced me to a simple system of making disciples. Prior, we used to do crusades, what? So this time he told me, no, how do you track the people you've preached to? And how do you track their maturity? And how do you know that they are really obeying? Or how do you know that they are really baptized? So then he introduced me to DMM. He started coaching me how to use little finances and reaching many people. That's when I learned how to do one-on-one, sharing the gospel. He introduced me to tools like the bridge, And we started from there, and he used to coach me, guide me, going with me on missions and training me online, kind of beating me here and there. Then in 2016, Kuma came to Uganda. John Williams invited him, Kuma from India. It was like a big push in me. I, I saw a man who was really determined to do DMM. He coached us. I saw how possible this was and this, how we could impact many. So when I came back, I started sharing also the gospel with my neighbors. Prior, I used to go with some. Now I started sharing the gospel with my neighbors, baptizing them, actually learning more within the field and in the, in, with the experience. Now, when I came back here, like on a village, I first shared with somebody called, she was a neighbor called Naka Uchi Diana. She was very close to me. When we shared the gospel with her, when I shared the gospel with her, she accepted to be baptized. I welcomed her in the house church. Then we continued and I, I really did prayer work, sharing the gospel. Then I got another person called Edison. Uh, I shared with Edison. And also Edison accepted Jesus Christ. So he became also a member of our house church here. So that's how we started slowly by slowly. And later I started introducing it to my fellow pastor friends. But in the beginning, not all could accept this. It was more like a new religion to them, you know, engaging into the tradition, narrowing them to house churches, Um it's like releasing authority was really very hard. But in the process of training, I got in touch and I got somebody called Mugabe Isaac. So Isaac picked the vision and he went more viral, even more than in making disciples. He turned his church, the whole of his church, and every member had to make a house church. So with him, he picked it up and I was like, woof, I've gotten somebody whereby we can share the same vision same focus and and same goal 
So he started introducing me to different churches to train, even himself training, uh, doing prayer walks together, joining into prayer groups all together, praying for the movement. And in the little time, we knew that this task, we cannot finish it up alone. So we identified that we knew, got to know that we need to raise up as many leaders as we can. So we started engaging our friends who have accepted Jesus Christ, like training them, releasing authority to them, allowing them to do the same. But it was not all that all could do it out because what I got to know that you envision many, but few could get it really fully. And at times to the surprise, at times some people could pretend like, maybe you think this one has gotten it very well. But in the long run, you don't know how he he says or he said over. But the others who came and they were like really getting this, they were really slow. But when as time goes on, they could get the vision. Like we have Joseph Mokisa. Joseph in the beginning he was like not understanding it. But when he got it, really he got it and he started his own movement, reaching out his own area, making disciples, sharing one-on-one, prayer working. And he has developed something like nine house churches by now. So that's how our journey started. And we started engaging into different areas also, like the camp last year we are doing with our refugee camps of Congolese. So we started engaging into area the unreached and unengaged people groups. We started looking into those areas, reaching out to them like the Congolese, we reached out to them last year. So they started doing it minus we and giving back reports. We engaged, we are, we are now trying to engage with the Nubians around Bombo. It's another unreached people group. Uh, so, but number one of the things before reaching out is prayer. Prayer is the first key thing which we see that it can make us go through and we really pray, we fast, we go do prayer work around the area, looking for the person of peace. So last year we went and we started engaging with Anubians around the area. It took us a time of prayer walking around the area, a time of sharing the gospel. Now a house church has started. Somebody called Fred is going over there. Yeah, they are having seven members, and recently all the seven were baptized. And in the beginning, it was really very hard because they thought that we've come to give aid to them. Then we, then we, it was like, we don't have money. What you have is this and how to make disciples for Jesus Christ. We've come to teach you a simple way how to multiply. Then, and we started on zero to one. We didn't go with the church. We, we started zero to one, sharing the gospel, forming a house church, another one like that. That's how they kept on adding on them. I also hope other movements around the country, there are other friends who are doing movements. I always go to work alongside them to see the movement being kick-starting. Like if someone is stuck, we can go as a group. Actually, this is what we are doing one of these days. If we, if we have a friend and he really wants to start a movement, one of the th- hardest things is how to start. That's the biggest question. How can I start? How can I maintain? And how can I progress with this? So what we do, like, we come alongside you. 
we tra we train you and we reach out in the area. We get like three, four members go alongside that person. So we train in, in his area, him, and we reach out. And until we get a person of peace, we start from there. And as the members, they start to gather and they're growing, then we leave and think of other person. That's how we are trying to do it out with even other colleagues and other friends. Actually, we always organize also what we call internal mid-levels. And in these internal mid-levels, we work with our people who are doing the movement. But there are some members, really they have a heart of the movement and they're within a house church and they want to start the movement in their area and they don't know how to start. They come to us and explain. Then we tell them that plan for us a day and a time so the team goes there. As the team goes there, we get time of prayer together. Then we start reaching out to the area, believing God for the person of peace, members. So whosoever comes on board, we train that person also to reach out to another person. So until we see that the movement has really started, we start following up like that little by little. But we keep encouraging them, praying with them, making follow-up with them, organizing quarterly trainings or mid-levels. We go through stackages, barriers. We see how we can go through where, where this person is stuck and how can he can be helped to reach out to the next level. So of course, challenges are always there, but we, we, we say we can overcome them. And what it depends the, on the horizon. What are some of the challenges that you've had to face? Mm, okay, one of the most the, the most challenging thing now is changing. Like people come from the traditional background, is changing somebody from a traditional background to the movement system. So those are part of the challenges. Like pursuing movements, you don't have titles like being a bishop, like being a pastor, a big pastor, recognized pastor. And we always have a saying that the glory of a king are people around him. So here comes a story. You look at everyone who comes to you as a potential leader and releasing him to go. So you don't keep people around you. You release them to go. So people from tradition background, if you're trying to do the movement within that tradition, uh, the pastor is like, this man is taking my glory. Mm -hmm. This So such people are always sad, but through prayer and those who pick up the vision, they take on. And I think another challenge is leadership development. Uh, raising up a leader who thinks the way you think and who does things the way you do is always a challenge. And we found out this, I think, in African context, Someone can be like, he has picked up the vision, he's doing it, he's reaching out. Then the challenges of finances, at times they come, he gets a job. We always say, praise the Lord, maybe you start a movement at a place of work. Some of them, I think, I don't know whether they are, we've envisioned them not well, but some of them, when they are the places of work, they become too busy to do the movement. Because there's no problem with getting that job, but we, what we always tell them, 
okay, this is the job. This could be an opening for you to start sharing Christ and doing DMM with them. So some people are not always really getting it to the next level. Or at times, some people, they feel that they can do it behind you. They don't want to like be self-sustaining or to be bold enough to do it. So it's, I think it takes a lot of time. I think I, I was telling people that discipleship takes time. Mm. takes time. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. So if you don't give him a lot of time, he will move a little bit, then he moves on. And at times, I don't know, discouragement comes along the way. <laughs> you don't know, but those are part of like the things that you really get somebody is really well-trained, you feel he can do it, then he loses it along the road, along the road, he loses it. So that's part of the challenge. Then I think another challenge as these other religions also, of course, it's like they have their religions and they have their beliefs, which whereby they are not ready to leave their beliefs. They are ready to go on with their beliefs and this is not what really Christ wants us to do. And maybe inferiority complex, telling somebody that this is what you can do. You can baptize. You can lead the training. You can do this. I remember when I was starting to, write, to release leaders, it was hard on them, not even to me. Like you organize a training, you say you have to be there. And they say, if you're not there, we are not going, we are not going to make it. I say, hey man, man, we've been training this thing all together. What is really making you not to do it? They say, you're not there. This thing will not happen. So I started like. You be there, do it, I will be coming. So, but the more I did, I did let them do it, the more they gained more confidence. So I could come on the third or fourth day, but it was also a barrier being developing, having confidence by they themselves. I think those are part of the barriers we are facing. Other challenges we can maneuver slowly by slowly, slowly by slowly. A movement to happen, we need to own it. Like, if you don't own it, you will not do it. It's like feeling that this is a part of me. This is what I need to die for. This is what I need to struggle to see it happening. And this is what I need to see. I, I always give an example, like, to make it part of it's like, this is my body. I need to make sure I bathe it. I dress it up. If something like a malaria enters into it, I need to fight it. Nobody will swallow tablets for me for malaria to go out. I, I, for any disease that happens or any disease that comes in. Here in, in Africa, for malaria, I don't know in other countries, but maybe, maybe, maybe like typhoid, any other disease coming in you, or you have, you have diabetes, you have pressure, you have to swallow your own tablets Maybe you have cancer. I have to take that burden of swallowing tablets so that you're well. It's well with you. So it's your body. You need to fight upon the, your body to be well. You need to swallow all, whether they are sour, whether they are bitter, whether they are sweet tablets, you have to take them. If they say every, after six hours, you have to take it to swallow one tablet. You have to take it. Whether it's an injection, you have to go back for it in order to your body to be well. So I'm feeling that any movement to happen, 
You have to own it. So if you own it, you make all measures to see everything happening at all cost, at all measure, whether finances, and you feel like this is really what I need to die for, to see this happening, to see this reaching to the, its destination. If it's engaging into a certain people group, you feel that this is what God really wants me to do. If it means going for prayer for 40 days, I need to pray for it. If I need to pray, I walk every early morning into the community asking a blessed question. This is what I need to do to see the movement in this area. If it means giving my leaders a good time, people I'm discipling, my Timothys, I need to have I need to have a lot of time. However much they are piercing me, however much up, ups and downs happen, I need to endure with this so that I see this happening. Uh, until we, uh, until the movement actually gets a breakthrough. If you don't own it and you think of another person, it's like you're, you're, you're having diabetes or pressure or typhoid. You say, okay, let somebody swallow for me the tablets, then me will be healed. No, 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 no. So this is what God has been teaching me that any movement to start needs a group of people that have owned it. That really feel that these are my people. I need to reach out to them. I need to see my people getting knowing Christ. I need to see my people being broken for the lost steadiness. So this is what I can fight for. Actually, this is what I need to see happening. And who is responsible is upon me and me and me. Who will take the bitter half? Me and me and me. Why? for the purpose of seeing a movement happen. I have been encouraged by Paul's statement when he said, all this come to my way. But my joy is the work is going to be done and is going to be accomplished. So the, all, this, all the challenges can happen, all barriers can happen, all persecutions can happen in all measures, but the joy is always is keeping our focus on the goal and finishing the task which God has placed into our hands. I always tell my friends that this is what God has given us. We cannot daily lose it or throw it down. We need to endure, carry it, hold it, however heavy it is, however hot it is, however taxing it is, really we need to see this happening. John Williams has been also my great mentor. Mm -hmm. perfect, great mentor. There's a way how he picked me up and when he comes, he coaches me alongside. He coaches me when he comes, moving out in the trainings with him, teaching, giving me training tools, different books to read, um, envisioning me. He brings in teams who go out in the field together. He actually practicing it on, with, on, on board with him going in the field, starting house churches, maintaining them, releasing authority. So I've been having great time with him. Like recently when he comes, we sleep in the, we, he gets me on board, spends a full month with me. And I always get different trainings also with Justin White. Uh, he coaches me online. He visits, he sleeps in my home, poor home. So 
working out with my leaders. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's one thing to do something and it's another thing to know that there's somebody whom I do work with whereby we share the same vision. And what strengthens these are outsiders from different countries and different nations coming to share the same vision with us and what we are doing. And really they are working besides us to support us prayerfully, financially, with the tools we can do that the, the task can be fulfilled. Yeah. So they work behind us always. They are really encouraging. They are really praying for us, really giving us time when they come, sharing different tools, books of different people. So it's really encouraging. Yeah. We are saying that we really want to see no place left by 2025 in Uganda. So that's what we are labeling towards. So we, we, that's the target we are having, that we want to see no place left by 2025. We are using tools like five by five of raising up leaders and launching them. But more now we are looking at leadership development because we cannot do it alone. And another, and another thing is looking at every person within our affairs as a potential leader. So we re to release leaders as many as we can and to pray and dependence on the Holy Spirit and a lot of gospel sharing so that God will help us. That's our vision. We want to spin up place left in Uganda by 2025. Then we'll be able to say, there's no more place left for us here, including the Nubians, including the Somalis, including the Hindus, including the Baha'u'llahs, Jehovah Witnesses. So reaching out to them all. And we are praying God to give us boldness to do this. Well, if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, why not spread the word by leaving a review or giving us a shout out on social media? This has been Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.